0: Oh my gosh, I feel like I have been waiting so long to say this, but hello, friends, and welcome to the first ever Healthier Together podcast episode. The Healthier Together podcast is all about coming together and sharing our knowledge to live happier, healthier lives. And this is the very first one. So welcome, welcome, welcome each episode, I will have a guest and I have some amazing guests lined up this season. I have best-selling authors. I have world famous doctors, award-winning chefs, TV and movie stars. I have a celebrity hypnotist, so much more. I have really, really great people that I'm very excited about you guys meeting and getting to enjoy their deep workings of their brilliant minds. Um, And we're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about food, beauty, wellness, travel, meditation. We're going to talk about how to generally live our best lives. And we'll also get into dealing with bad stuff because that's often the stuff that gets in the way of us living our best lives. So we'll talk about, I have an episode about grief coming up. I also have one about anxiety, which has been one of my biggest struggles in my own personal life. We talk about finding success. Some of the people I talk to are incredibly successful and it's impacted their lives in good ways, but also in not so good ways. So we get into that and how you find success and how you deal with it when you get there. We talk about dealing with chronic disease. We have some really powerful autoimmune stories and people making themselves through, feel better through a lot of natural means and also. Um, the, the journey to get there. So that's really interesting. And I'm really excited to share all of that with you guys. In case you're wondering who the heck I am, my name is Liz Moody and I've been a journalist since I was 16 years old. When I walked into my local newspaper office and I told them that they should have a column for teenagers and it should be written by me, I was kind of annoying, yes, but it, it worked. My life motto is to never be the one to say no to yourself. So this was the first example of that really paying off in my own life. I love journalism because it gives me carte blanche to ask fascinating people all of the questions that I want to know. I'm also a healthy food person. I'm the food director at Mind Body Green, which is an amazing wellness website. So for most of my working day, I'm going through cookbooks, interviewing chefs and doctors, and generally staying abreast of every single food trend and study that comes out, which is all to say, I know a lot about healthy food and healthy diets and all of that. I've also written two cookbooks, Glow Pops, which is all healthy popsicles is out now. It came out last summer and you can find it at most bookstores across the country. And then my second book comes out in April, 2019, and it's called, wait for it, Healthier Together. It's all about coming together in the kitchen, whether it's with a friend, a colleague, a family member, or a romantic partner to create food that'll make you look and feel amazing. It's like the podcast and that it's all about us being better off together in terms of health and happiness, but you do not need a partner of any sort to listen to this podcast. You and me and my guests of the week, that's the, the together that we're referencing in the healthier together here. Finally, the last defining thing about me that I feel like I should tell you right off the bat is that I am a searcher. I am a person who is always reading and talking to people and trying to find these bits and pieces that will make life feel more fulfilling and whole and will help me milk the most out of every single moment. So, the podcast is all about that. It's about seeking out answers and new questions that can help us live in a more meaningful and intentional and satisfying way. So, I don't want to just have this amazing information, and it's really so good. Honestly, every single episode that I have done has changed my life in some sort of real, tangible, noticeable way. So, I'm so, so excited for you guys to hear them, but I don't want you guys to just listen and have everything kind of go in one ear and out the other. I want you guys to feel like your lives are being changed too. And I want more impetus to change my own life. So I thought it would be fun to do a little challenge for each episode. I love feeling like I'm embarking on life changes with other people and having a community around that. So I thought it would be fun for each episode. I'll take one salient bit of wisdom and I will turn it into a challenge. So. For one week, we might try a certain skincare technique or one week we might make a certain dietary tweak or try a different type of meditation or way of channeling our creativity. Um, and we can do these things based on the things that my guests say. And hopefully we can all support each other and and be healthier together. I might say it a lot. I It comes up once you start saying healthier together, you work it into your regular conversation, which has very much annoyed my husband. But you can always find the challenge on Instagram at hashtag HT Podcast. HT is like healthier together. And then you can find it on my page at Liz Moody and I'll share the challenge for every episode. I'll also be doing a giveaway for each episode on Atlas Moody, whether it is a book that my guest has written or a product that they love. So be sure to check over there for all of that. I'm releasing the first three episodes together right now this week, if you're listening Um, so there's only going to be one challenge for the three of them. So, but it's, it's, it's a good one. I promise. So come on over to Liz Moody at Liz Moody on Instagram or HT podcast to do it with me. And if you're listening to this later, then just come on over anyways, because there will be a different challenge and I'm sure it will be just as amazing. So come hang out, come do it with me and we'll see if we can, uh, change our lives. Who knows? My first guest, who I'm very excited to introduce, is very near and dear to my heart because it is my husband, Zach. Zach is the person who has anchored my own healthier together journey, which we talk about in here. When he met me, I was smoking cigarettes and eating a lot of Splenda and generally just kind of a gross person. Uh, And he helped me turn into the vegetable lover that I am now. So we talk about that in here. Uh, We also talk about how to get your partner to do something that you know is good for them, even if they really don't wanna do it. We talk about my anxiety and the effect that that's had on our relationship. We talk about the mantra that's helped him find success in his life. We talk about three things that he thinks are key to living a healthier life. And we talk about how to tell if wellness stuff is total bullshit or actually worth trying. We also get into our relationship a lot. It's a fun episode if you are a voyeur like me. Or it's fun because Zach's interesting. He's a little bit outside of the wellness world, but he's, so he's a little bit more skeptical. He's not going to like come in and be like, oh my God, I found this new crystal. You have to try it. He'll be like, well, what are the studies on crystals? And like, what are some real use cases of crystals? And I like that perspective on wellness. I think it's interesting to to see that. Um, And it's fun. He's also a really big problem solver. He works in startups and I think of him as kind of like a, a visionary and a universal problem. My dad thinks of him as a knight, which I think is funny, like a modern day knight. But I think of him as a problem solver. Like if the air conditioning is broke, he will fix it. If the oven is crooked, he will fix it. He did that. I'm looking around my apartment and these are things that he's fixed in my apartment. If you need shelves to go up. He'll do that. If your computer's being wonky, he'll do that, which my mom will often text him about. So that's fun. Um, So he's a general problem solver, and sometimes he applies that problem solving to his own life, which I think you get to do. You hear him do in this podcast, which I think is really, really fun. So I think you will enjoy this one. Um, Thank you guys so much for joining me on this journey. I am really, really excited to see where it's going to take us all. And if you do like the episode, I would really, really, really appreciate if you would Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or wherever else you're listening. It's super important, especially in these sort of early days of the podcast, to help other people find it. So if you do take the time to do so, I'm infinitely appreciative. And if you let me know on Instagram, I'll send you lots of heart emojis. And yeah, all right, let's get into it. This is the first ever Healthier Together podcast episode. All right, welcome to the Healthier Together podcast guest my first ever guest can you please state your name
1: hello my name is zach mitchell
0: and who the fuck are you zach mitchell
1: virtually nobody you might know me best as uh liz moody's husband i think most people know me best in that way
0: yeah is that how you introduce yourself publicly
1: generally yeah especially when it's uh people who are important or who might someday be important i'm like, hey zach mitchell
0: like if you met obama you would be like, yeah exactly hey, and because zach he, mitchell is moody's husband and he'd be like oh my god liz moody o- o- obama
1: eat, obama's a great choice for that i eat glow
0: pops every day exactly
1: exactly because <laughs> michelle likes them i think
0: yeah i'm, I'm sure she does she's and michelle if you're listening i'd all send you all the cookbooks i'm your biggest fan Um, I thought it would be really fun to have Zach on the podcast on my first ever episode, because he's sort of the origin for my own healthier together story. I write about it in my new cookbook. Um, but he was the person who really got me interested in health in the first place, which is kind of exciting for me to share that origin story. I think a lot of people think that I was healthy as a kid, that I was raised on kale and quinoa, which I interviewed some people later in this season that definitely were um, Phoebe Lapine and Lily from Kale and Caramel. Um, and I'm kind of jealous of them for that. Lily used to like go into her backyard and pick mangoes in Hawaii. So I wasn't quite quite that blessed. I was raised on um, some microwave hot dogs and whipped cream. And uh, my mom would cook for us, but she she's more like an eat to live person
1: yeah i think the first thing you cooked for me where i was like oh this is technically food i suppose um was oatmeal which is technically food and it looked from the outset like real delicious it was
0: and it's healthy oatmeal is a health food
1: sure i think it had like freeze-dried berries or something equally exotic in it you know uh some maybe future they were
0: just frozen i don't think i knew what freeze-dried was at the time
1: fair enough um, and I remember going to get that first bite and just being like, I think shocked and appalled were both, both technical terms because
0: but, it was so delicious.
1: Yeah. No, uh, because it was pure artificial sweetener, it was all sucralose. And I had, I think Splenda, I had
0: to, for yeah. those of you who are less scientifically inclined than Zach,
1: yeah, yeah, the, 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 the yellow packet, the yeah, yellow, the, the yellow, yellow packet, packet. Of, of, but of, I had,
0: doom. I had like a, pound bag which sure. if you knew how light the stuff was you would the size is like uh the size you'd buy like a dog food bag in. <laughs> trying
1: to picture like a dog food bag full of Splenda, yeah i
0: had it that was i used it in everything
1: i had i got stopped at the border with it it was very confusing
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no i um i put it in everything because i had such a sweet tooth so like my evolution was in high school, I kind of was the kid who could eat whatever I wanted. So I would show show off that I would um go to Cold Stone and I would get the cake batter, ice cream in the bucket size with two brownies and um cookie dough. And I would eat the whole thing. And I would be like, oh my gosh, isn't it so cool how I can like eat so much and stay so skinny. And I like wasn't that skin- I was kind of like skinny fat, you know, like the people who eat really terrible, but can't comment on that they're 17 essentially (laughs) um and then i went to college and that sort of caught up with me and so i went completely the other direction and i was like i'm gonna consume no calories every day i'm gonna eat mostly splenda and i bought all those diet cookbooks Mm. um and i think and i smoked a lot of cigarettes because that i was like that'll help me lose weight and it'll help me look really cool which it does, unfortunately, it's not good for you. Also,
1: yeah, it works for a few years and then yeah, in other ways. Yeah, um,
0: um, but I think that's what you met me in the middle of. I was yeah. like eating very low calorie and I was smoking cigarettes and I was kind of in my like party party girl phase of life. It's
1: good, you were charming. Yeah,
0: yeah, but you came from a very different background. So why don't you uh, tell yeah, me? Yeah, absolutely.
1: I share uh, that. I mean, I grew up in Berkeley, and like my, I guess middle middle school was. Um, Lucky enough to have Alice Waters Edible Schoolyard kind of whole program there. So there was like a kitchen. We learned to cook. There was a huge productive garden on like the top of the the. So Alice Waters
0: is though she's a chef and the owner of Chez Panisse. And she sort of is credited with inventing California cuisine, which is very ingredient forward. It's heavy on vegetables and fruits. And it's really like about enjoying the flavor of the bounty of the earth and so she started these edible schoolyard programs where she would essentially teach kids to to like gardening or to like vegetables or what what was the point of it
1: i think it was to just understand what the kind of the 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 i mean quote-unquote correct but like like what a normal food process looked like at least maybe earlier in time and also maybe from a, a more science and health perspective like Making like making real food, vegetables for the most part, and actually turning that turning that into food is something that I think a lot of people, a lot of young people aren't necessarily exposed to, or there are a number at least that don't get to be exposed to it. You being a fantastic case. And
0: but you didn't like vegetables from the beginning. Your mom, oh, my mom is will, always yeah. talking about how picky of an eater you were. And she she takes credit for what a good eater you are now because she's like, I never forced him. I let him come to it on his own.
1: That is that is exactly <laughs> that. That is true. Well, my, my mom my mom grew up uh, as a vegetarian um, in a time and and uh, parts of the parts of the country that was that was very like weird, and, yeah, like
0: unacceptable, yeah,
1: unacceptable, including
0: within her own family. Oh,
1: absolutely, yeah. So she would she she tells stories of having to be like kept at the dinner table uh, because she wouldn't eat you know some liver or steak or something like that, and that just being like really rough. Um, and then she'd like go hide out in a room and eat an entire uh, bag of like baby carrots until she turned orange she turned orange yeah Yeah, she turned
0: orange yeah that was was same same as me me. i had a three i was always a really picky eater i actually think a lot of i have a theory that a lot of people who end up developing recipes or working in the food world later in life start as picky eaters because they have a need to create stuff on their own.
1: There's some science. There might be some other science behind that too. Uh, People are picky eaters often because they, young kids have really sensitive. Oh, because they're hyper tasters. Well, there's, they have really sensitive taste buds and stuff that tastes like normal to us might taste like very strong or weird. I'm a super taster. Let's call it that.
0: Yeah. Do you want to say it? You
1: would you like a quote that you, I say? <laughs> my wife, Liz Moody, is a super taster.
0: I just want some credit. Sure. Words of affirmation are my love language. That is true. Um, but yeah, so I had I was a really picky eater and we had a three bite rule at my dinner table. And my mom, because she was very she was like health conscious, but in a sort of different way, a way that was like trendier at the time, but she'd eat a lot of fish. Um and I fish was like fish make me throw up. I think I have like a mild allergy to fish. They make me throw up. So I'd sit at the table until like midnight trying to eat my three bites of fish and it made me hate my life. Sorry, mom.
1: (laughs) You know what they say the fish just gets better with time. It usually, it it, it only gets better (laughs) over like six hours. They
0: say that. So, well, but do you credit? Was there one day where you woke up? Because your mom says you, you ate what you ate like. One weird baked potato, it was a baked potato soup or cheese soup or something.
1: Come again? I don't know. What's the end of the sentence?
0: That you ate. Like you only ate a few foods as well. Oh, oh, no.
1: Yeah, there are a few foods. Uh, uh, my mom, bless her, um, has probably made more bean and cheese burritos, like refried pinto bean and cheese burritos uh, than, than, I, uh, than a lot of people. She, I, I have eaten a lot of those. I ate those. I love bagels and cream cheese. Um... Those two things.
0: But it's funny because when you tell like your or when you tell your origin story, which always leads to my healthier origin story, it's like, oh, well, I was raised in Berkeley. So I was like bearing vegetables. This blah, is, this blah, is blah. me as a kid
1: in like elementary school.
0: But like when were you like when was your like come to Jesus moment with vegetables? Because when I met you, you were cooking mm. on our second date. I went over to your house and you made me Manhattan's um which are not so healthy but then you bitters. also bitters um, have vegetables in yeah them. you you were like these bitters are going to really help with your digestive system Liz. Exactly. um i appreciate you being so concerned uh but then you made me um these like fritters and a salad from a macrobiotic cookbook which i was just like what is going on here that's true um so yes yeah, so you were you were that person by the time i met you but what where was the in-between?
1: College. College was great. I mean, we, we met, uh, Liz and I met our last year of college. Your last and year. My last year and your stretch year.
0: Yeah. I was <laughs> kind year. of a schmo, So I would like, I was writing my newspaper column at the time. So I'd go to college for a semester and then I'd like go travel for a semester and write about it and then come back and go to college. And it was great, but it was very slow. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, I mean, yeah, I think I transitioned from in college from eating like uh, and probably like as I was graduating high school, uh, I I used to row in in high school throughout all of it. So most of my considerations growing up through that t- portion of my life was like calorie count and carb getting loading. like getting enough like yeah, carbo loading. Did and you you didn't think
0: that. about like health healthiness of the food at that time? To be he was a top, he was on one of the the best rowing teams in the
1: country. Um, you
0: were you were the fourth best I'll, boat. I'll, I'll let
1: I'll let various people who, fact can, who can fact check that uh the fourth, fourth best
0: that. lightweight boat right
1: we 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 went we competed uh in the na- like the high school nationals but it was lightweight. in Cincinnati and I was yeah I was because I
0: always picture the heavyweight crew people to be like very much more like oh you're not like oh
1: yeah like, no I like to say my I'm like oh
0: yeah and not like oh
1: it's, <laughs> yeah. it's really how you deliver the 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 grunts but
0: you weren't thinking about like oh I should eat a lot of vegetables so I can like take care of my cells or like healthy fats for my mitochondria or anything like that you're no. just like spaghetti for carbs Sp-
1: spaghetti for carbs yeah and then when I went to college I was like ooh Costco for price. Um, and I remember, uh, like with my roommates, we like go to Costco and just buy like a lot of like, fr- like, uh, frozen meat and chicken and stuff of like that. And, but we would cook for, we'd cook for ourselves every single night. And I think it was, I think for me, it's the process of cooking that was the transition into actually giving more of a darn about the food I was eating. And then from there actually building up kind of a palate surrounding it. So I think my, I mean, my stuff is more just about the independence of being like, oh, wow, I'm actually having to like you know, create my own food every, every night, every night. But morning. there
0: are a million
1: people boys
0: or men, people. Yeah, let's just say people. So it's like, when does a boy become a man? And that was like a whole different, probably topic we'll, of conversation. We'll, we'll cover
1: that in a different <laughs>
0: There's a million so. people who cooked their way through college and never ended up cooking from a macrobiotic cookbook. So is it just where?
1: The real question is like, where did I get this cookbook? <laughs> where, where did you
0: get this cookbook? No, but like, and an interest in vegetables. Like I remember when we first started eating too, like, took me to the farmer's market and we're like picking out local greens and then we'd go home and cook them. And it was this whole awakening for me right. around the concept of vegetables tasting good. And you, I credit you wholly with that for well, me. And
1: this is, I think where the whole like growing up in Berkeley, growing up with, with like the edible schoolyard, growing up with like beautiful farmer's markets everywhere and stuff like, that, like that's really where that takes hold is I don't think I ever thought about it at the way that you thought about it. And actually maybe the contrast is is how it became like uh prominent in 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 even you recognizing it and maybe even becoming a somebody who is interested in, in like healthy food. But for me I was like, well, there yeah, I have this macrobiotic cookbook because it was at like uh there's a, there's 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 any number of like awesome local bookstores around like the the college campus and, and I, like I remember, weird
0: ones. Like yeah, kind like, of crunchy what ones. What's the book
1: what, Books on Fire was was the the Anyway, uh, I don't know. regardless, uh, I, I remember going in there and being like, macrobiotic, what the heck is that? And reading through it. And it, I read a recipe that was literally just about adding soy sauce to carrots and like having that just be like a perfect dish. And I was like, bold, bold move book, adding like soy sauce to carrots. And I went home and I was like, that was the best carrot I've had. Okay, good, fine. So, I mean, for me, it was more like op- being open to the idea um, in the first place, I think is what kind of. Just and, and and that type of exposure was what made made me a healthy enough eater. Did you um, like the
0: idea like of being healthy? No, I didn't care. When did you start to care?
1: As I started getting older.
0: What is there an age where you like awakened to your own mortality in a way that made you care about being healthy? Yes,
1: after college. So I mean, and and that I mean I I know Liz and I were Liz and I were dating, so she's lived through some of this, but like I. Graduated, we graduated right about the time of the uh, that 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 you know, that small recession situation that affected a few people, uh, various various ways. Um, and I had a really hard time, uh, finding a job right out of school. Uh, I remember graduating early 2008, taking the summer off, I like sent him a job resume, uh, like job applications. Got a bunch of positive offers. I was like, sweet, this is going to be a cakewalk. Going to get a job. And well, like,
0: and you had very much been, like, top of your class. Like, you were, like, a lauded student. So I think you'd been praised so much that the idea that that wouldn't kind of continue on post-college was right. probably... I,
1: I was definitely brainwashed to think that I was great. Yeah. Um, But don't worry. Don't this story, worry. This story has a happy ending. <laughs> um, And and then, but, but yeah, back, basically after that summer, like, the bottom of the economy fell out and... New grads are very hard to come by, especially in in the areas I was working in. And um, I struggled for months to find a job. And when I finally did find a job, I like worked my uh, tail off to to keep it and be respected in it, and to hopefully you know build some sort of career. Um, and I kind of felt like I looked up like two, two years later and been like, holy heck! Like I've been sitting, and I'm, I'm like young, I'm still like in my twenties. So I was like, I've been like sitting at a desk every day, which is such a different lifestyle. And I suddenly felt like I had I had like aged very very quickly, um, and was like totally out of shape and and just like things. Yeah, I remember
0: you not liking your body at that point and like.
1: Oh yeah, I remember being like, wait a minute, like I had like, like a a, I had like, belly belly like a like time. a six pack two years ago. What happened? And and then being like, oh right, offices, people talk about this. Sitting at a desk, looking at a computer all day, like that thing is real. And uh, you know, I think most people to fight against that they can't just like live on. they can't just like live kind of passively um and hope for the best they have to actually take active active kind of so what'd you do uh like all of the normal stuff
0: normal is really different for everybody
1: good point here um i think i started working out more obviously and i never recommend anybody not you know exercise a lot which is great i mean i've always I've done all sorts of um, exercise, but I have always been a very big fan of rock climbing um, and yoga, which were the two things and cycling, which three things that I probably do the the most. And all three of those things together, I think of as like, you know, like the complete protein of, of my personal like exercise kind of situation. But
0: you go for runs like once a year.
1: Yeah. Running for me, <laughs> running for me is like is like all of the worst things about working out except for the few times that I'm really like in the mood to run. Mm-hmm. And some, someday I'll just like wake up and it'll be five in. I'm like, you know what? Today's run day, right? Today is a day that I'm going to wake, that I'm going to feel amazing running. And then I don't. And then later I do. Um, But whatever, like whatever gets you out of bed in the morning to, to do that type of stuff is great. But like, I've never been somebody who can uh, sustain running for any long period of time, like day to day, to day to day. But uh,
0: I have loose ligaments, so I'm not supposed to run according to my osteopath.
1: Well, how nice for you to not have that guilt. How nice of you to be free of like feeling like you should just go for a run.
0: Um, and then did you change your diet? Did you stop, you know, drinking with your colleagues after work all the time? N-
1: no, no. <laughs> well, I changed my diet, but not the, not the second not part. The <laughs> okay. no, so grabbing grabbing you... a beer after work is, uh, important, important social, uh, it's important. Um, and, but yeah, no, I mean, definitely. I think, I think, uh, i mean again you were there but uh i know switching I from remember yeah right a long time ago <laughs> uh sw- i mean switching from like takeout i think actually uh the biggest thing was cooking um one's own lunch eating lunches out i think is the mm. is like the greatest way to just destroy whatever kind of healthy diet you're looking to maintain but i mean it also saves a bunch of money and everything else like that but yeah can... we've been
0: doing it recently a lot better and i like the approach of just like Making one meal Sunday night and then eating that all week until you get really bored and want to kill yourself. As
1: long as you don't ruin all the food in the fridge.
0: Yeah, we had a pot pie incident.
1: Pot pie disaster.
0: We had a pot pie incident this week where Zach made this huge pot pie in the Le Creuset raising pan. So it's it's like cast iron. It's what is no, it's like it's like a foot and a half across.
1: I'm it. looking at it now. It's like it's like He's uh large. it's like yeah, sixteen inches. So
0: he made this pie and then it it was done at like midnight because that's how we do our Sundays. Sure. Um and I was asleep and he put the pie in the fridge and then I woke up in the morning and the fridge we have a a fridge thermometer and the fridge was in the danger zone. It was at 45 degrees. And what? I was like, Oh no, that means it was at 45 degrees all night. Cause it was, since we put the pie in,
1: it's been like warm all night.
0: And then I didn't want to eat the pie because I thought it was going to give me food poisoning. And then Zach ate it all week and was fine. There's
1: <laughs> a lot of pie though.
0: It was a lot of pie. Um, so that's, I have a question about when you were feeling
1: like, not about pie.
0: No, I mean, I have a lot of questions about pie. Um, the pot pie, Zach helped me develop a pot pie recipe for Healthier Together, the cookbook. And it is heaven. It is so good. Um, it has like an almond flour. Coconut is really good. Um, but going back to when you started working and you weren't feeling your best. And I remember this, that you used to like come home all the time and be like, my body looks bad. And like, it kind of did at the time because you were like, ouch, you were just you had like you had a belly that you'd like never had before. Couch
1: and my feelings. I
0: mean you're super hot. Like you were just you were like this beautiful human mm-hmm. with a little bit of a beard
2: belly.
1: Sure, sure. <laughs> sure.
0: And I didn't know what to say to you at the time. Um and I'm sure you felt this way to me a lot where I'd be like, I'm so depressed. I'm so depressed. And you'd be like, you should go work out or you know what I mean? But like it's like what it, so when you come when your partner comes home and says something about how they look or how they feel even, mm-hmm. and it's true, what are you supposed to do? Like, be like, hey, you fatty, you're right, you fatty.
1: That is, um, <laughs> I think all, rela- like, relationship therapists will say that the the correct response is to say, hey, you fatty, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's <laughs> it's, it's almost a guarantee win right
0: but what do you like what what should I, what should i have done and also you don't want to be the naggy person who's like well you should get to the gym you'd feel better you look better
1: it's very hard i mean I, I think i think the walking the fine line for giving advice between between partnerships that that border on um uh critical right is always is always a, a tricky thing yeah. to pull off and i mean different strokes for different folks but i bet probably for me i think the thing that would have worked there. And I think the thing that I've seen work in our relationship and in our partnership, when, when one needs to suggest something for the other person, but without quite saying it is, uh, the doing your thing, doing the thing yourself. Right. So like, Oh, I'm going to go play some tennis. Do you want to come? Or do you want to go play tennis? Like, uh, let's, let's go do this thing together. Oh, let's go for our, like a hike. That probably would have been,
0: um, I think that works really helpful. well for you too. Cause you prefer like workout buddies I more than I do. Buddies. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Um, what, um, ab- okay. Well, so what about though like, I feel like I've been trying to get you to meditate for like a hot two years now. Sure. Um, <laughs> including like I did a meditation training and, uh, I actually bought one for Zach for a number of hundreds of dollars
1: and it was wonderful.
0: Um, and it was great, uh, as a present and, but that it, it lasted for a few minutes and then it didn't. And I, I will sometimes be like, you know, I'm going to meditate now. Do you know? I meditate for 20 minutes every single day, basically without fail. It's very
1: impressive. It's about how long it takes for me to take a shower.
0: Sometimes longer. Zach takes really long showers.
1: Sorry, California.
0: Um, you do a better job. You do like 15 yeah. <laughs>
1: minute
0: shower in California. Um, but your mom makes that for it because she like
1: <laughs> she's blessed that woman.
0: She's very con- conservationy with her water. Um, but yes, yeah, so I like invite you to meditate all the time, and I. You work a very high stress job. We live in New York City, blah, blah, blah. I feel like it could really benefit your life, but like nothing that I'm going to do is going to make you do it.
1: Do you notice the different, difference between those two questions? The first one being that I wanted something and you were asked about how to get there. And this other one being that you want something for me.
0: Yeah, but what if I really think it'd be ah. good for you? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: you know, the nice thing is uh, because I took that that meditation seminar, it's like a mantra meditation course. Yeah. I have the tools to meditate when I want to um, or when I feel like I, I should. And I do every now and again, I'd say probably once a month. But um, in general, it's not a, a practice that I feel like I have a really good time maintaining, not because it's not amazing, but because just the way my my life and my schedule work, I'm already thinking about work and everything when I wake up in the morning. And I know that's a great time to do something like meditate, but I just like, I like my mornings to feel like there's no obligation um, up until the point that I like step into kind of the time of my day that I'm doing something quote unquote like productive. And that's generally when I leave the house. Um, so in the morning, you know, I like to be able to sometimes cook food, sometimes make coffee, sometimes just walk out the door, sometimes take a long shower, sometimes meditate. But, you know, it's just it's just never been something that worked for me. And doing it in the afternoons and evenings, I mean, that's when I like to do physical activity. Like uh, I would normally do like yoga three times a week. Sometimes I have a volleyball team that I'm on, go rock climbing one day a week, you know, like- the, the, so it's
0: just like you feel like you're adding too much stuff.
1: It's one of the, yeah. And I think that's that's like a, a I think, you know, we, we there's so- many schools of thought out there for what is going to be good for you on a day-to-day basis, right? If we tried to do everything, we would always fall short. And often, from I mean, at least my understanding is like from a habit building perspective, uh, being like, you know, giving way too much variety or being unable to do stuff or feeling guilty that you should be doing something, but you didn't that day or, you know, uh, that can be really rough on on habits. Like you've gotten into the habit of meditating and you do it basically every day. And when you don't do it, something strange has happened, right? And that- Well,
0: and then I feel worse oh, all day. Sure. Like something strange happens in my mind when I don't do it. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy over there.
1: Goodness. Um, the that's just, But that's just not the thing that I've chosen to be part of my routine. And just like you've not chosen- uh, i'm sure any number of things that you you might even r- find yourself writing about right
0: like like what do you do that's healthy that i don't
1: do um really put me on the spot there uh okay i mean like i think exercise is is a great point i'd say you exercise a little bit like maybe a couple times a week mostly exclusively yoga right but there's probably there, there's probably a bunch more kind of diverse styles of um like physical body work that you could be doing that could could help things who knows
0: so what about i mean i think that's the most interesting thing about a relationship though is like particularly um a romantic partnership that you're hoping will be forever sure fingers crossed let's see but
1: (laughs) you can't see the wink i just gave her
0: Um, but is that like your life is my life too, to an extent. So sure. I think that's that's the really interesting question of, you know, wherein your choices start to affect me and my choices start to affect you. And that's where I think people don't know the line, what the line is of like what can I ask my partner to do because his state of health and well being is going to affect my life now and in the future. Mm. You know what I mean? So like if your partner doesn't want to eat healthy at all, that's all well and good. And he can be like, oh, I'm an individual or she she can be like, oh, I'm an individual. But, you know, when that person has type two diabetes and that's like affecting your life in 30 years. Absolutely. That's affecting your life. And you've you've chosen to. So it's the idea just like you've chosen the cart to hitch your horse to. And you get what you get, or do you get some say in the direction that the cart and the horse are going? Because you know you're in it.
1: Let's extend this metaphor. <laughs> well,
0: let's keep going. <laughs> so
1: who's the horse here? Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, th- I think that that's a really good point. I think it's one of the reasons to why I think you often see um, couples reevaluating some of their their health kind of priorities and ways they live their lives. Uh, directly after uh getting married or something like that you know where you, where you you have these these uh uh gestures and i guess contracts uh between people that make things more permanent and in doing so people start actually maybe evaluating things like that that they weren't uh evaluating before um so i think it's i think it's it's a it's a really hard line to walk and yeah, I I, I I, really I really think like if I was still
0: smoking, would I have an obligation Great to point. quit smoking be, if you wanted me to because it's your life, too?
1: Well, and, and that's an interesting like obligation. I don't think anybody can make anyone do anything. I think I could make you feel obligated. Right. Um, and I could encourage you to not smoke, which definitely did happen. Um, In in what I can probably only imagine was the most passive aggressive experience of anybody's life where you'd be smoking. I'd be like, (sighs) (sighs) sad sigh.
0: Or you would definitely like do the thing where you'd kiss me and you'd be like, Oh, it's terrible. It's like kissing an ashtray.
1: Yeah. But Um, I thought
0: it looked so cool.
1: It did look cool. I mean, luckily I don't,
0: I'm, I'm very lucky to not have a particularly addictive personality. So when I stopped smoking, I just like stopped and I was very lucky to I think I mostly just missed the the routine of it. Like sure. I really missed walking with my cigarette, and I miss desperately riding with my cigarette because I watched a lot of Sex in the City, and I felt like I was Carrie Bradshaw.
1: I think you replaced it with tea. I did Copious a amounts lot of, tea. of tea. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, it's hard to like flick a teacup in a in like a sexy fashion. No, it just
0: is not It doesn't. I love tea. Like, do not get me wrong. I won't. Um, I I love tea. I drink tea. I want to do like an article that's like, this is my day in tea. Like I wake up and drink this tea and then I drink this tea at 10 and this tea at like 11 and this tea and, you know, and so on and so forth. But it's not as cool. Like there's something that feels very, especially as a writer, that it made me feel like I was part of this like historic chain of writers. And it's interesting how we get these images in our mind. And I actually think that's something interesting happening with health right now is that it's undergoing this. Um, renaissance where it's becoming cool in a way that it wasn't cool it's like getting a it's interesting what we think is cool
1: yeah and and definitely i mean i'm sure it depends where you live and what your exposure is but i think there's there's it is now probably kind of cooler quote unquote to not drink coffee for example than it has ever been yeah, right. or, 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 sorry, you or yoga?
0: Did... Like I'm thinking about all the like athleisure stuff and all like that's that's oh, you yeah. know
1: it's 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 now cool to just show up to your office in to uh, look like you did yeah, to, to, yeah just just look like you did
0: even here. if you didn't do yoga yeah right. that's interesting right. do you so now why are you like you're 32 now good guess um that's
2: right
1: yes
0: yeah you're 32 now are you healthy on a day to day basis because you actually feel better every day or are you healthier because you don't want to die. Or some X other reason, which I would love both for you to Both of those share. both
1: of those are really good reasons. I mean, I'm also not um I can admit that I'm 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 vain enough to also still care how I how I look. Oh yeah. Isn't is that like...
0: crazy that I didn't even think of that as like an immediate reason? It's a little weird.
1: Yeah, what does that say?
0: I don't know. That I'm a weird swab. Or that or that I'm a, what's it like transcended appearance yeah exactly
1: is that yeah yeah <laughs> I, I, I was going in, in the good way not the... <laughs>
0: um so okay yeah like maybe do like a one two three like i make my healthy choices that i make on a day-to-day basis for number one reason number two reason number three reason
1: i think number one i'd say tie number one look look and feel better and then immediately after that like
0: live, live,
1: to, live to be a million right because it, it and i think there's one of the hardest things about about wellness generally is that um you know, it's it's a promise to your future self, right? And and it's like, how do you I mean, I, I how how do how do you, how do you deal with that like writing about about health in the sense that you you say, hey, like the data shows that people who do this live longer. But by the way, there's no there's no way to know if you're gonna be within, you know, the 55% versus the 45% who get like the, the bad side of things. Right. You know, like, like cause then it's it, totally. And I yeah. think,
0: well, I think there's also, there's this really interesting thing I read the other day. that was about how, if we do end up, they think in the next 20 to 30 years, we might have the first group of people who can extend their lifespan indefinitely. Um, which is definitely. fascinating, yeah. Sure. And their health span, definitely, like their period of life where they feel really healthy. But then there was this really interesting premise that those people will become super cautious and live their lives in this very like scared way mm-hmm. because they... You know, we they can still get hit by a car and die. They can still die in any number of other. They can still get an infectious disease and die, but they just wouldn't die of "quote unquote" natural causes. And so it's there's this the idea in the article I read, which I cannot remember where it's from for the life of me, but it was that it that living forever would only be part of the equation and it might affect us negatively in this whole other way. Right now, we're like, we can die of any number of things. We'd have
1: the rise of the bubble people that just yeah, like, the bubble people. like don't want to touch each other. and
0: Which is interesting. So I find with my writing generally and also for my own personal motivation that it matters way more how I feel at present. I think that a lot of times the science contradicts itself constantly. Right. The studies contradict themselves constantly. So To, I to a point.
1: Right. Yeah. I like mean, cigarettes I think are always bad for you.
0: Cigarettes are always bad. Nobody's ever said that cigarettes are like curing cancer, but I mean, I just said it, but that don't take that out of context. <laughs> cigarettes are curing cancer. said so Liz Moody. Um But in, in, yeah. And in, in general, most people are like, vegetables are good, but there's argument about which ones like Stephen Gundry says that zucchinis and eggplants are bad, you know, cause they contain lectins, but um, other people are like They're vegetables Like how can they be bad They're really good for you Blah blah, blah. Um, So The one I My general philosophy Is that if you feel good In the moment From how you're eating And I feel worse Like We go to this Trivia night Every Wednesday And I eat um, Tater tots When we're okay. there And I don't eat and they're fried and I don't eat fried food ever. Like that's the only time that I'm eating this like deep fried, you know, I'll, I'll pan fry something in avocado oil or something at home, but I won't eat, you know, a heaping amount of trans fat rich oil. Sure. And I noticed that night I feel shittier. I feel my stomach hurts. I just feel like a little weird and out of it. And I think the more, I think maybe the whole process of becoming quote unquote, healthier is about attuning yourselves to those mm-hmm. feelings so that you can know how you could feel in the moment and then what you should do to feel that way.
1: Would you give advice to people that though, that if they didn't feel bad about something that it probably or maybe doesn't like affect them as much? Cause like, for example, uh, same trivia night, same place. I like their fried pickles and guys fried pickles are really hard to get right. Uh, this pub, it's so hard to get good fried pickles, but this place doesn't well. they're very, Super like, they're like mandolin pickles. Breaded and deep fried and, oh, amazing. And I do not feel any worse physically, emotionally, ecumenically, the whole thing.
0: I don't know. That's a good question. I think if you are very attuned,
1: right? Which... if you've
0: gone through the process of figuring out what makes your body feel good and what makes your body feel bad and you've eaten enough of the foods that we generally believe to be healthy, that you have that baseline and you've done enough of the movements we generally consider to be good for you and the mental exercises that we generally consider to be good for you and you have that baseline and you could eat that thing or engage in that thing and it still makes you feel good, I think I would say do it.
1: But you'd say it in a wary way that implies that you don't want to be quoted on it.
0: I'd say do it. (laughs) Big <laughs> question mark at the end
1: Inflection up
0: um, But yeah I'm never going to be the person Who's going to be like don't eat that cupcake Or because I also think there's something I, I Like they've There's interesting thoughts about all of the studies About wine being good for you That it has far less to do with the resveratrol content Because you have to consume so much wine To have any resveratrol benefits That would be significant in your body And it's way more about the environment One consumes wine in Like you are very rarely You know hopefully going home and just drinking like a bottle of wine by yourself Um, and if you are they think it might have less health benefits because it's about the community environment it's about laughing with your friends laughing with your family like Zach's family has a lovely tradition where they get home from work or I
1: don't
0: know if you did this when you were in school
1: school sure (laughs)
0: Um, but they would gather around the kitchen table and they would drink some wine together and they would talk about their days and I think it was very European very very cool Um, the drinking age, all of it, Yes, all of it. Uh, we won't get your dad in trouble here. He wouldn't mind. Um, but I think that that community, I think, I, I think, and you can quote me on this, that community is the most underappreciated health element that there is a hundred percent.
1: That's wonderful. Yeah.
0: Um, so I think your pickles are part of you being part of this community. It's part of this trivia night. You're out with your friends I think you sitting home alone and eating these pickles wouldn't be as good for you and it wouldn't taste as good or feel as good. Or I think it's the association of your mind.
1: I can almost guarantee that eating fried pickles alone would never feel as good. <laughs> I, can, I can support that and I, I can feel that. So there, there is- Yeah, so that, I so. think
0: then you should eat your pickles and that's fine. But huh. I I do think that we've moved away from the idea of community a lot in a lot of um, elements of our lives. Oh, God, yes. And I think that that we as society, we as society, not you and me, although you and me too. I mean, we're in, we used to live with roommates at one point and now we live by ourselves.
1: Yeah. We fought really hard for like roommates being a totally acceptable, like social standard for a while. And as as you get, as you get older, people do not buy into that. And then you live alone. You're like, oh, right. Well, I think it's
0: hard in New York too, because, you know, it's, you're around people so much of the time. Because,
1: Because roommates is just... I guess housemates is just like a bunk bed and you're like, all oh, right, yeah, we're housemates. Because
0: <laughs> you live in a closet yeah. and your roommate lives on your couch in your living room. The fact that
1: we even use the term roommates instead of housemates, that's oh yeah, that a good is just, Yeah, it should just be housemates. It huh? should be housemates. I
0: like flatmates. We had flatmates in London and I love it. But we posh. had like a two-story flat with like a garden and a and a courtyard and all of that. Good times. So have you ever had anything you'd consider like a health problem or something that you were trying to sort of cure by eating well or moving or anything like
1: that fortunately not i mean like m- most of my probably health stuff that i've noticed over time has been like physical so like i had like a like a hip problem for a while that was that was uh a result of like going and visiting a. F- I, I I took like a, a red eye flight out um to wisconsin in the middle of winter and like i tweaked some like muscle in in my hip on the plane and then we were like out in the freezing cold for days and when i got back i had like these this like horrible kind of like messed up kind of muscle group that took me like months and months and months to get over it was really horrible and i've had i had some injuries from rowing again physical like uh um carp- carpal tunnel type of stuff mm-hmm. um um and various kind of aches and, and pains but I fortunately i've not, not had something really that i think um, unless I mean, you've you've been around for the last uh, eight, nine, ten years. Anything, anything comes up?
0: No, but when you, you've gotten sick a few times, like when you get the flu and stuff, are you comfortable using like natural remedies for it?
1: Oh yeah, man, garlic garlic wins every time for yeah everything
0: that's true. I, I started you know I discovered. I realized this I was writing about the other day I discovered it when we were in Berlin and I got it
1: my, being garlic raw garlic
0: yeah my salmonella scare
1: oh my god yeah
0: so we were in Berlin and I was at a we were at a street market and um we were living there for like a month while we worked on the startup that we were working on and I ate ke- like donor is it donor kebab
1: It was like a donut kebab place and you were getting like a chicken shawarma. And I got like like a a chicken shawarma, which I
0: never get this kind of stuff to the point where you comment on it, that it was like a weird thing for me to pick at a street market. And I was like, yeah, just, I don't know. It looked like appealing and I was eating it. And I, I was like a weird texture. And so I pulled out of my mouth and it was like fully raw chicken. And it was one of those big chickens that's on a spit where they're like carving it down. Batter. And they, I think the line was too long and they were just like going too fast. And so they were carving too fast and the chicken was not cooked. And I'd eaten a number of bites of this and I just freaked out. And well, I actually, I don't think I knew it. I was like, oh, is this bad? I like- No, I,
1: you you knew, you knew something was-
0: I No, I knew it wasn't good. Like I knew that you could get food poisoning or whatever. And then our, the friend that we were with was like, yeah, you can be hospitalized for salmonella. And then that's when my hypochondria like kicked in.
1: And also that, that same friend was like, but I did just finish mine. And no, he ate half of it. And he looked down
0: and it was the other half was raw. And I was like, how did you not notice eating half of a shawarma that it was raw? It's,
1: it's um, chewy. <laughs> it was
0: so good. Anyways, I was looking up all these things online and I found a number of studies that showed that um, raw garlic is one of the most powerful things against... Salmonella, And that actually researchers are looking to develop it into some sort of drug um, or like the extracts from raw garlic because they wouldn't just use the whole thing. So I started eating like a clove of raw garlic a day because salmonella takes three days to kick in. Yeah. So once you once you eat the thing, you have three days.
1: I was going to say that's the thing I know is that it's a 72-hour incubation time cuz yeah. that's how long we had to deal with that nightmare.
0: It was excruciating. So I that's when I discovered raw garlic as a remedy and I also came up with really good ways to eat it. So my current raw garlic recipe is raw garlic you have to chop it you let it sit for 20 minutes cuz that activates the enzymes in it that are actually antibacterial and antiviral and antifungal. And
1: it's because the what the the outsides and the insides need, need to mix to have Yeah, some
0: good so cool if you look form. at the inside of a garlic it looks like um like a circle with another circle
1: uh-huh. around. <laughs> so uh-huh. you're
0: basically mixing those two things. So let it sit for 20 minutes. And then I put it on toast with um, a drizzle of olive oil because I find that the fat really helps mellow out that sharp, bitter edge of the garlic. And then salt, which also helps mellow it. And then uh, whatever dried herbs you have around.
1: I find the same thing, except that with like a pat of butter instead of olive oil.
0: And also, you've started putting it, we ordered this pizza. And you'll put the raw garlic on the pizza and then eat it like that.
1: Yeah. It's nice thing about pizzas. It kind of just kind wins of like over everything. Yeah. But yeah. the
0: garlic does have to be raw, but that is our go-to when you start feeling a little bit sick, you just start doing your raw garlic and it people might not like how you smell, but it goes like you don't get sick. It is actually miraculous. That something to
1: do with a partner.
0: Yeah, it's a great thing to do with a partner.
1: It's healthier together. It's
0: healthier together, for sure. Guys, they said the name of the podcast. (laughs) I know, you did so good. And the book, Healthier Together, January 2019. Um, (laughs) Absolutely. uh, Yeah, so wait, what were we talking about with that? You use raw garlic when you get sick.
1: I use raw garlic when I get sick.
0: Yeah. Um, I have anxiety. What? (laughs) (laughs) And... um, I have, hypo- I don't like saying I have it. What What is the, I've, I, I am, have in the past suffered from anxiety. I think that's actually
1: better to say than identifying as uh, like I I am am a, like, yeah, yeah. I am a, yeah, you and I am a, da, da, da.
0: My dad is a psychologist and he always encourages his patients to not identify by something at all because everything's sort of transient. And the second you take it on as part of your identity, it can have negative effects. No,
1: it makes it very hard to Just shake it, to shake it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, do you think I've done a good job of managing my anxiety over the years? When did you first know I was anxious?
1: A third date,
0: was it? I don't and,
1: know. And I, I don't think of you as anxious. I think of you as somebody who has anxious tendencies.
0: Yeah, great. I hope my dad's listening.
1: <laughs> Bob, here for you. <laughs> uh, um,
0: when did you first? When? Because I I think a lot of people meet me and they're like what like they don't know i have any sort of anxious tendencies until i tell them and Mm. i i read is very extroverted which i'm not i'm an introverted ex wait i'm an ex i'm an extroverted introvert yes um but i think people don't know until i tell them so did i tell you or did i uh
1: i think at one point you told me that you had a panic attack you were you, you you like casually threw in the conversation about having a panic attack and i was like oh panic attack. and you're like oh yeah no i, like, I had have,
0: you had a panic attack at that point like did you know what they were
1: i i, I had not and have not i i don't i have
0: never had a panic attack i
1: only know of it through descriptions from you which i feel like gives me some you're looking she's like she's looking at me with like very like wide eyes like how wait how have I, well, I
0: just never it never occurred to me that you've never had a panic attack which is kind of crazy I, I'm immediately like how do I induce what? so we yeah. know how it feels but that doesn't feel very nice anyways okay so I like slipped into a conversation where were you like this is weird this girl's free.
1: no no I mean like I, I think I think people I, I I feel like at least I've had enough exposure to uh, to people who have had anxiety and panic attacks to I mean it's very common I think that's the especially especially like we're realizing more and more that it's, it's, it's more common and people just don't talk about it as much. But I think especially in the last few years, it's been very, um, much something that's, that's more, uh, comfortable being discussed, especially with like social media and people.
0: Did it make you hesitant about getting into a long-term serious relationship with me?
1: Uh, I don't think it was ever something that I really considered. I mean, like I, it's, more importantly like or or more interesting to me was like what is the calculus that somebody performs when trying to stay stay in a relationship right which it must be much more complicated than probably even than what we're thinking subconscious but i
0: I do i always feel i mean and to this day we've talked about i feel like my anxiety is the biggest bad thing i bring to the relationship and i'm always like I hope all of my good things are enough to counteract it. And so it's because that's my mental calculus. That's my bad thing.
1: Darling, the worst thing you bring to a relationship is I'm how messy. messy you are. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I wish I could blame that on my anxiety.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> no I'm
0: just messy. Um, but that in my mind, it's, I think it's because I can't fix it. Like, I feel like if I wanted to be cleaner one day, which I think I've said in arguments the opposite of this, so we'll pretend I never said this, but I think if I wanted to be cleaner someday, I feel like I could be, but I don't necessarily feel like if I wanted to not be anxious someday, I could be. And that's why it always feels like this like big negative thing that I'm saddling with saddling you with long term. And you never thought about that way.
1: I don't think I ever thought about it that way in terms of like making the decision to stay with you long-term. Certainly there's been days um, that, you know, you're really stressed out. We can't do something fun where I'm like, ah, you know, like I really would have preferred, you know, you not be anxious today or or for this, you know, basically situation to not stand in the way of doing X, Y, Z. But I mean, everybody has that. I think everybody's going to at some point stand in the way of a, of a partner doing something that they might want to do for whatever reason. And I, these are one of the things that, you know, we accept by basically uh, hitching our carts to other carts and horses and donkeys and whatever, whatever. No, was very the,
0: egalitarian of you. What? You were like, we hitch our carts to other carts. There was no like wife cart and husband horse or anything. It was just like That's, all yeah, very. Yeah. Cool. I mean, hey,
1: I believe in all carts can be hitched to carts, horses to horses, donkeys to Parts, Everything. Really, donkeys, donkeys, donkeys go yeah, either, yeah, way. Yeah, either way. Yeah. Um
0: how do you think my anxiety has affected our relationship over the last 10 years?
1: Pregnant pause. Um I think it has probably actually I mean, if, if anything, I would say that it has ensured that we have strong open dialogue. Um I I, I would imagine that people who never have anything that kind of comes up in their lives for the first, you know, couple of de- days. I, I think all, all long-term relations, things will come up, right? Health things will come up. Emotional things will come up. Something will come up. If you can get through the first like 10 years of your relationship with nothing coming up, I would say that is actually a worse thing because you, you're you not, you're not you're, clocking that experience. And you and don't that,
0: know how you would be. Yeah, exactly.
1: Comes up. Um, so, I mean, I would say probably the best thing it's done is, is, is keep the, the kind of pathways of communication open, and I think we, you and I have a lot may, potentially maybe more of an honest dialogue about how either of us is thinking, what like what we're thinking and feeling at any given time because of it, which I would say is a huge, a huge boon in comparison to to not. Um, and I mean, like in terms of uh, worse things, I mean, like uh, I'm sure I've, or I'm sure I can like figure out some things that it, it gets in the way of, but like there, there'll be there'll be more like that time we didn't go upstate because Lyme disease is really bad and you're really worried about getting it. And I
0: have a dire fear of Lyme disease. Which is fair. Yeah. This is going to be a bad year for it, so watch out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but actually, it actually is going to be a really bad year, isn't it?
0: But every year, is like, like global warming is just making it worse. So I'm just hoping we're going to like come up with a cure for it soon.
1: I'm it waiting breaks, for an yeah. invasion of, of lizards.
0: Yeah, I think lizards would be a really great cure. Yeah. Um, It's just a shame because we both love hiking so much. So I'm just like, we should go to Iceland and hike there where the only big bad thing is the baby fox, the Arctic fox.
1: Yeah. That sounds nice. We
0: were, when we were in Iceland, um, we'd seen, what did we seen? We'd seen, There's like only a few. five
1: animals that are native to Iceland. Yeah, there's like
0: five mammals that are native to Iceland. And we've seen. They're just like
1: animals, like the puffins one.
0: We saw like the puffins. Yeah, not mammals, sorry. You're like, they're not mammals. Um. (laughs) Well,
1: there's there's one native land mammal too.
0: Yeah, okay. But there's a puffin. There was the seals, sea lions, seals.
1: They got sea lions, yeah. And then. We saw those at the ice lagoon.
0: At the ice lagoon, which was really cool. And then Zach was like man, if we just saw an arctic fox, this trip would be complete. I'd be so happy. And I was like, yeah, but I read the guidebook, Zach, and the arctic foxes are only in the northeast of the country, and we were just in the southwest. And I think literally like an hour later, an arctic fox like ran in front of us on a
2: hike. Yeah, it was
1: my, my buddy Thomas was like, "What's that on the in the distance there?" Yeah, he's British, and I'm not going to do a British accent. Oh, I'll do say, it. Oh
2: yeah. What What's that in the distance over there?
1: Yeah, and it was a fox.
0: <laughs> and it was a fox, and we fought We got to like follow the fox for like I don't know, like 20 minutes. We just like followed the fox. It was yeah. pretty magical. Yeah. It's great. So that's what I like to do. I like to like the things that we miss out on. I'm very I'm probably more acutely aware of them than you are even. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like I try to compensate by being like, let's go have this other adventure. Right. Like
1: if we ever have an opportunity to basically like make up for the hiking stuff, you're just so. Der-
0: yeah. Der- or der- like other ways I can like infuse our lives with like fun, I guess.
1: Yeah. Thanks. I don't know
0: with fun that like is acceptable within the constraints of my anxiety
1: yeah and I think everybody agrees a uh, life infused with fun is good
0: yeah for sure I mean is that is that your goal with life what's your goal what do you think is like the meaning of life
1: <laughs> you've asked us on like every one of your podcasts now like today really and, like, going the future. It's, like, it's like like let me just slip it in there like What's Uh, the meaning of life? What
0: do you think is? Well, no, I said the thing that I think is different is this like greater question of what's the meaning of life? And then my favorite second question for that is how does that impact what you do on like a Saturday afternoon?
1: Sure. So, like, basically, what's this huge mind blowing question that basically impacts how you do everything? And also, how should you be? Basically, how you should you be feeling when you're not doing it on a Saturday afternoon?
0: Not not doing it, but I'm just like, I feel like people are like, oh, it's like friends and family and community and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, OK, That's cool. True. So does that what is that like make it pragmatic and real and instructable right. for me?
1: So like the idea would be like, it's friends and family. And then it's like and then I host a weekend brunch for everyone. Yeah, I but know and nobody love. really does yeah.
0: that. So then I'm like, well, is your meaning of life like is are you not pursuing what you would consider yeah. the meaning of life or? is it wrong? Do you actually think the meaning of life is something different you're sort of lying to me or yeah. lying to yourself? The meaning
1: of life is Netflix and chilling and I do it all the time and it's really... You are great at it. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it
0: also... I think the kids might...
1: I just... Let's slide on right by that. um. I,
0: well, I just always wondered that though. What? It Netflix and chill. Like, I know it's Netflix and... It,
1: it, it does not mean Netflix and chill.
0: It means... Does it mean sex? uh
1: uh-huh. And you just complimented on that and said so like...
0: Oh, shit. Swish! <laughs> <laughs> but I thought you were great at, he's great at watching Netflix on the couch. <laughs> uh,
1: as well as, yeah, yeah any, yeah, yeah. any, <laughs> any, home. yeah, uh, I think the meaning of life is, ah, that didn't work. I thought if I just like said it, like something would come, come up, up and yeah, something. right at the end there, but it, it didn't happen. I mean, like it, it, it's, it's one of the, one of the hard things. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not religious. I'm not strongly like atheist or anything, but I am, so I I would put myself in a happy agnostic category. Um, And I would say that like from, from like a a data driven standpoint, we don't know what the meaning of life is. Like there, there is none in that. And and that in a lot of ways it's, it's self assigned. So I'm, I'm, I would hope that that the meaning of life to everybody would be potentially different on basically how they establish their priorities in the short time we, we have to, you know, do them and execute them. But,
0: so what's the best way to spend a Saturday afternoon?
1: Great question. And I mean, like, it's going to sound trite, but like hanging out with with friends and family is is a very high priority and a, a, like a, a wonderful way to feel like you're in touchless. But like I, I say that and sometimes I find that the the most important thing is to uh, sit down and bang out like a really important piece of software that I have or, or some other project that is is equally How does your exciting work? and enthralling.
0: So Zach is in a startup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has his own startup um with a partner Tom if you're listening <laughs> He doesn't
2: do it alone yeah
0: um, but you you you're very you worked very hard in your life to get to a place where you can choose to do a job that you're very passionate about and that you believe will change the world. Is that important to you? is that a big part of the meaning of life
1: um, I think it's an important part of my life. And I think, I think that's, I don't think everybody needs to feel like they, I I mean, I think it would be if we all woke up in the morning and said, okay, I know a big part of my life is going to be having a meaningful impact, a positive, meaningful impact on the world. I think the world would be in a much better place. Like, and, and, and if I was going to, if I could like wave a wand and, and, and make something the case that was maybe a little bit subtle and a little bit, well, it's a little bit manipulative. Um, I might, I might try to do that, and and and. But so,
0: everybody would think that a positive impact on the world was different.
1: Well, and this is always interesting to me is is when you see people doing things, you're like, well, that is just sinister, right?
0: Do they think it's? Good? Are
1: they think are they for some reason particularly thinking, in
0: politics? I think that comes up all the time. Hmm,
1: that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs>
0: but yeah, like where people, you're like, why are they acting that way? And then you're like, do they believe that that's good? in their set of beliefs. Yeah,
1: right, like the like well in their
0: construction of reality. Yeah,
1: maybe maybe what I see as blue is is red for everybody else. You know, that that, that type of that type of like uh what is oh, I mean, is I could
0: talk about the um but
1: subjective but subjective
0: nature of reality forever.
1: My, of course. Of course you could. Um and 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 you will. Um <laughs> I don't think that's the case though. I think a lot of people act because it's selfish and because it benefits them. And maybe there's, you know, people out there that are like, well, I'm going to benefit myself at this point, And then doing that, I'll have the tools and the means to do this other good thing. But uh, just from, from 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 basically like observations of, of the world around us, we, we kind of feel like that's not the case uh, for everybody. And if I could, you know, wave a wand and have that, I would say, okay, if everybody was acting to what they thought would make the world a better place i think we would be better off now i mean like from a legal perspective from like a parsing of the words perspective yeah so what's what's different to somebody uh, or what's what's positive somebody might be like the exact opposite of somebody else somebody might be like oh the positive thing is for all these people in the world to really go away and you'd be like that's really not what we're looking for guys because you know but I, you I have my own sort like of standards that in.
0: drive for you overwhelms sometimes the other stuff like the friends and family, or, absolutely, absolutely. And is it? It's and you think genuinely that it's because you're like, I believe I'm working on something that can make the world a better place, or do you think there's a selfish component too, where you're like, also, like, I'm gonna become this great, you know?
1: It'd be it'd be so great if I if I could, if I could like like sit here and say to myself or say to you that everything I do is from like a selfless like improve the world. I'd be really place. With
0: myself. I'd be like, oh my god, I married Mother Teresa. <laughs>
1: but it's not i mean like like <laughs> um i and and of course like i of course i'm selfishly motivated uh to a certain degree i like to think that on 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 net i'm trying to do better than basically to 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 do do better than i i take and i think that would also be a pretty nice mantra for people to live by but again um
0: do better than you take yeah so what do you take
1: oh my god i mean well and that, and that's like one, of, one of the ways of being it's, a
0: human consuming on the planet
1: a human consuming on the planet a human of privilege consuming on the planet or I think. is
0: it like taking in relationships too with other people or what what do you mean by take specifically
1: i'm i meant in, in more in more of the first way in in the 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 negative impact i make on the world right and and i think the way we we impact the world negatively as individuals is often yeah environmentally and and from a resource perspective and i do like i don't i like to think that the uh the human components of my life are generally all, almost all positive but again I don't, I don't see anyone writing anything bad about me online, but you never know.
0: Well, it's because you're not famous
1: enough. Let's keep it that
0: way. <laughs> Second you get famous enough, you'll get both. Um, not that I'm famous enough either. I just, I know people. I know people who are. Um, <laughs> but okay, so I have another question. We were talking earlier. You're a very like logical, pragmatic person. And you were asking what I, you're, and you're a problem solver. I would say like at your core Every, like you are a problem solver. That is your number one defining characteristic, I would say. That would
1: have been a good answer. It would be like, that problems need to be solved. But yeah, yeah, that no, would has to
0: be creepy. Like you don't want you to come off like a savant. Oh, yeah. Um, But you asked me like what I would tell people in terms of like if they eat something and it makes them feel good or no noticeable out effects, should they eat it? What as a problem solver and a super pragmatic thinker and somebody who's not deeply immersed in the wellness world every day, what would you tell people in terms of like living a healthy life? Like, do you think that how much of this wellness shit do you think is bullshit and how much do you think is, is real and legitimate and we need to in general on a societal level really change how we're living to live our best lives? i
1: will try not to list the stuff I think is higher on the bullshit scale, just not to upset anyone, but like the, the things that I would like, like like the advice that I would give would be surrounding probably three kind of core components. If we're looking at like from an individual, like how can I be as healthy as possible as like an individual? And that would be, I mean, like I think very movement based and physical based, like consuming based and then mint and basic mentally. Um, and by consuming based, I mean like food, foods and drinks, like the things we put in our body
0: specifically,
1: um, Getting, getting there. Okay, good. I'm it just I'm just
0: making sure you're not going to be too unfair. <laughs> and then I dodged
1: the question. The yeah. podcast ended, and we went on forever without. Yeah. Um. I like. I mean, I so so. I'm lucky enough to be married to you, which means that I never feel like I have to stay up on trends or up on new research or up on things because I get it trickled down from you, your colleagues, and 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 that and that type of space. So I I feel like I get to stay up to date with information, which is nice. But that is I'm in the minority in that regard, because I think most people, they get blurbed by so much information like coming in. They don't necessarily get the full like depth of stuff. I mean, like it was only, uh, you know, a decade or so ago that we were all like, you know, really cutting fats out of our diets and, 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 and being like, oh, we know we know exactly what the healthiest thing is.
0: But are you um, skeptical of the stuff that me and like my colleagues are telling you? Uh, or like,
1: some
0: some th- mushrooms are great for stress relief. Are you like? And I, I'm like, I like
1: I like, like, like science. Sure, I definitely would like to see science. on mushrooms are 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 great for stress relief. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I I don't think mushrooms are bad for you. I'm mm-hmm. not sitting around being like, oh no, the mushroom, right? Yeah. And suddenly, like sugar, I'm like, oh okay. Well, that, you know, that was something that basically has been snuck into people's diets at the expense of fats for for decades. Like that. Like there's, 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 there's all that situation, but, and I don't, I don't know what the next, like, ooh, gotcha moment is going to be, but I would say that my personal philosophy is the, um, I mean, the, the, the mostly plants kind of philosophy. Oh yeah. Not, yeah. Too,
0: mostly plants, not too much. Yeah. Michael Pollan.
1: Michael Pollan. Great work. Right. So, simple, simple somebody rule. tells
0: you something like the Stephen gundry thing. You're not going to modify your diet at all to take out lactins. The
1: reason I'm not going to modify my diet at all is because I don't eat exclusively eggplant for various reasons that have but nothing to do with But you probably eat
0: every single day. And he would say that you're causing inflammation on a chronic level in your body by doing so.
1: Right, right. And, and, and that might be very true. And it might be that I should change that. And if someone gave me like sh- sh- a shorthand way of thinking about that, that I could put into my life in a way that was like super easy and I wasn't having to change my life like dramatically or anything like that I would probably do that as it is though I mean I don't have the science the science behind it
0: but you haven't tried to look it up I haven't tried to look it up
1: because I didn't really know I I mean I've heard and I've heard you talk about it recently Mm -hmm. but like I don't know about it I don't know about it enough I'd, I'd have to like go there's there's so much I think rules of thumb are are the, again, to go back to like this, like habits and stuff like that, like it's the things that you can actually implement in a meaningful, relatively consistent way and, and cutting entire categories of food out of my diet is generally not going to be my personal go to unless I feel really compelled. Right, or unless like it actually negatively impacts me, or I have beliefs around it, right? Right. Um. So I mean, I totally get why people are vegetarian for for for, uh, for moral or ethical reasons. I mean, uh, people, I I know celiacs. I know one celiac. His uh, business
0: partner is celiac. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's hard to it's hard to travel travel with to him China. to China with him. <laughs> um, uh, the so I mean, definitely there's. The, the, the rules of thumb that like, and like, m- like move every day, right? Like if you do something physically active every day, I think you're going to be that, that, that like, I think you're gonna be and doing you don't think sh-
0: it matters what, like, you don't want to get into conversation about like, is the yoga better for you than running? The- I'll
1: happily get into it. But I think it's all pretty, I mean, again, the variety, right? Spice of life mm-hmm. type of stuff. If you're doing yoga every day, somebody could definitely convince me that you're not doing something that's 100% great for you because you're doing the same move like movement patterns or set of movement patterns, potentially, right? If you're running every day, I'm really worried about where your knees are going to go, right? Especially if
0: you have loose ligaments. Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) Don't get me started on loose ligaments. (laughs) Um,
0: What was the other one? You had like a couple esoteric categories.
1: Mind. Oh, yeah. You might have heard of it.
0: (laughs) So what do you like, you know, there's a bajillion studies.
1: It's like one of the reasons I like yoga is because it has a a mental practice as well. It's moving Um, meditation. Moving meditation. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, if you do it right. Sure. I always think it's funny when people like don't at all try to match their breath with the movements or really be present in the yeah. moment and then they're like, Oh, it counts as moving meditation because somebody said it was. And it's like, well, if you sat and tried to meditate but didn't think about your breath or yeah. just like sat and thought it wouldn't really be meditation. Like, like, have- like
1: soul cycle yoga where there's like blasting music that's making you slowly deaf or quickly yeah. deaf. And yeah, you're just, just like <gasps> <that>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um yeah, but uh but no, I think I think I think mental practices are really important. And that that, that is that I mean, that one's always been a little bit harder for me because I've I've never been probably like uh like moving meditation has been my my best one, but I know that there's so much to be said for things like gratitude practices and for like meditation and for um
0: We we et used cetera. to do I used to ask Zach every night, um, what were his three things he was grateful for today and he'd get so annoyed with me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: getting ready for bed, almost being in bed, almost falling asleep. I was grateful for all three of those things. Thanks.
0: Yeah. I would like Thanks. to do a gratitude practice though. Cause I tend towards um, envy. It's a personality trait what? that I hate in myself. And I think that gratitude is the antidote to envy. Fair
1: enough.
0: Um, so I'd, I'd love to. And that's probably one of the things that I feel a little dumb doing alone. So I think it's nicer to have a partner. And
1: it's a mind workout buddy.
0: A mind workout buddy. Yeah. Um, how have I made you healthier? green smoothies is that the 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 number one thing or the only thing
1: i mean there's clearly only one correct answer of those two options
0: (laughs) (laughs) um what about it's and
1: it's it's, in no way is it the only thing
0: so what's the deal with green smoothies uh
1: well and i mean i i could actually probably do the thing that i know you hate that i do which is like like technically the healthiest thing you do is probably just like a lot of things that could sum up into like one term or word. Yeah, but... I
0: really, you, you should, like playing games with Zach is like the most annoying thing because he just like qualifies everything. And you're just like, this isn't fun anymore. You know, just like trying to play 20 questions. And he's like, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyways.
1: Uh, I'd make like a really obnoxious, I make like a really obnoxious, like pseudo lawyer.
0: Right? You'd make a really obnoxious husband.
1: Lawyer? Yeah. <laughs> ah, well. Here we are. Um, I think green smoothies are one of the best things you do for me from a on the especially on the consumable side of 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 health because, a, you're committed. Um,
0: I do so I I have a green smoothie literally every single morning.
1: Right, which trickles down to at least like three green smoothies a week for me. Which yeah, so what I do, amazing. what
0: I don't think a lot of people know, you can do this. I'll make like a, a double batch, and so I'll. Zach and I will both drink the fresh green smoothie and then I'll pour one jar, a mason jar filled with green smoothie, drink it the next morning. It loses a little bit of nutrients, about 10% of its nutrients overnight because it's been oxygenated a little bit, but it's still quite good for you. And
1: Unless your fridge is at 50 degrees.
0: And it's lazier. Um, yeah, don't keep your fridge at 50 degrees if you're <laughs> going to do that. But so Zach gets green smoothies the fresh day and then doesn't get it the next day and then gets it the next day. So like every other day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, But you think that's made you healthier. And then you intermittent fast on the other days. Yeah. Which is also good for you. I hear that. Um,
1: It was really hard to switch out um, half and half out of my coffee, but that's really what's made it work.
0: And then are there any healthier things that I've brought into your life that you feel like has made your life worse?
1: From a health perspective?
0: Just from a life perspective, like quality of life.
1: That's interesting. I mean, like, so like we filter all, all of our water, yeah. at least for the most part, and minus like trips or things like going really south or being just very dehydrated because you should always drink water instead of not drink water. But if even that's
0: it. recent. Like I I would have. I
1: was trying to ignore the foolhardy times where like well I'm yeah. just not gonna drink water because it's not filtered and yeah. then be like, well yeah, but like your kidneys really want water right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's what, that's what. But 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 to that point, like that's one of those things that's actually probably made my life less convenient um because i when i would just drink water from any old tap i wasn't i mean it goes back to like the long-term health things right Mm -hmm. and i probably wasn't really noticing like the direct kind of microbiome stuff because i've been going my whole life drinking tap water right do you notice
0: it now if you drink tap water? yeah
1: actually i do we we just got back from a trip and we, we we're in 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 Europe where we just were like oh it's Europe you know they're very healthy in Europe all the all the pipes we're are fine on, like farms I know. <laughs> it's like these pipes are totally not like 400 years old and filled with lead um, but I, I could I could definitely tell that like um, that yeah I was like like my stomach was like working at half mast
0: that's cool and what's your favorite thing about me
1: um, <laughs> you're you're probing intellectualism mm. that that work
0: Probing a weird word.
1: Yeah, but it's technically accurate.
0: It's a good quality, I guess, than somebody who's going to have a podcast. Mm. Um, I didn't pay you to say that.
1: No, 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 no.
0: No. All right. Well, I have a few questions that I ask all of my guests. And since you're a guest. I'm a guest. Yeah. Hot seat, I'm going to ask you. Let's do it. Um, what do you think is the best way to spend 20 minutes every day in the name of getting healthier or happier?
1: Um, I would say yoga. Every For day? Everybody. Mm, God damn it. Well then then just moving. I would I would like moving. And actually if you if if we're gonna be if we're gonna try to be um as inclusive as possible, I would say walking. Preferably somewhere with a nice uh solid view so you can look look for look in farther nature. out. Yeah. Or I look
0: mean, further out. So that, not just like in a park with trees. But like it's it's being able to see in a distance.
1: Even like a good a good like long distance. I mean, it's just one of the things I know that especially in more people now these days, more than ever. Um, are having to look at screens and, and everything else like that. And, and we don't, we don't exercise our like long or like distance vision enough. And, uh, walking is amazing for your mind. You can do it at almost any age, barring, barring, uh, specific physical limitations. Um, and it's, it's active and it's, it's movement and, and it's not again, aggressive move, a movement that is going to necessarily impact you in a, in a way. So like, that's like a, that's like a really bet hedging answer
0: i think a lot of people myself included feel like walking isn't like enough you know like we go to these like really intense
1: but that's the thing is like it's not enough
0: i i'm more of the mind that it it it's pretty much enough like i think it's i think it's great exercise i also think that the notion that we need to kind of like pound our bodies for like 30 minutes or an hour to get and healthier i think is is flawed
1: sure sure but at the same time it might be a, it might it's it's certainly better than nothing but yeah. like you know you could you could probably walk two hours a day and be healthier yeah right like if, if we're going to talk about about just like what's like what's optimal but somebody else might, that might really not be the case so I don't I don't know but that, that that would be my easy one I mean uh I know I feel
0: like our quality of life has improved so we moved so that we could I both, was just going to say yeah, this, yeah walk to our office so we walk 25 minutes probably to work, 25 yeah. minutes home every day, and I love it.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh game game changing. There
0: was um, there's a a money guy, Mr. Money Mustache, I think. um This sounds like a real person. He's actually like super successful money guy. He's like <laughs> a super successful money guy. <laughs> if You
1: ever refer to as a money guy?
0: It's, <laughs> <laughs> he, he has like a blog and stuff, and he's spent. He like retired early. He's really big in those. Areas like a lot of people who want to retire. Financial 30, life hacking style like, follow you know. him. Um, and he says that he like analyzed a bunch of different data. He's like Tim Ferris, but for money. Um, and he analyzed a bunch of different data and he came up with the notion that the single best way you can spend your money is to turn your commute into a walking or biking commute in terms of making your life like notably better and happier.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, which I thought was really interesting because I don't I don't think people I think people are like, oh, I'm going to spend money on my house for, so I can have a pretty house or whatever. But I don't think people would be like, I'm going to spend more money, which is what we did. We spent more money to turn our commute into walking commute to improve our quality of life.
1: Yeah. And I mean, at this point I have now had jobs that I've had to, I've had to subway for, I've had to drive for, I've had to walk in a couple of different places and even like,
0: we boated for a while. Oh my God, we did boat.
1: Yeah. We've had
0: all the things. And drive. Have you ever had ones you Mm -hmm. you just drove?
1: I had to drive it to the Bay Area, uh, like uh, East Bay to San Francisco a bunch. Yeah. Um, And it was the walking commutes and especially the ones that weren't too short. I had like a five minute walking commute for uh, like a magical like nine, ten months. it was too quick. It was too quick. Yeah. And you're just like, you're like, you're not, you're not ready to work by the time you get there. You're not decompressed by the time you get home.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. 15, um, have you ever been somewhere in the world where you're like these people really got it right and they're like living this great life? And if so, where was it?
1: Um. Um. God, that's a really that's a really hard question. I mean, I a, a few places come to mind. So like parts of the the bay area and, and like like uh like my my, my family I, I feel like i feel like I, I grew up there so a lot of that has um like rubs off on me and in, in kind of the way we did like family occasions and like kind of came together and like what well, you kind of just me as like the mediterranean like wine around the table style stuff like that um we lived in london for a while and i i, I actually think um people in the uk get it right in a lot of ways from like a, a quality of life in terms of like how like how much they're going to work like when they take off the type of social affairs they do like like um like sunday roasts and stuff like that like Mm. again it's like i think my stuff is going to be pulling people around together food drink be merry type of
0: getting healthier together
1: i already dropped it once (laughs) (laughs) now you just sound like her (laughs) next question
0: um it's interesting i think i i like in the UK, I love the communal element. I also love that people tend to be very close to their families, I think in large part because they always live, what, within four hours yeah. max of yeah. their family because it's a small island. But
1: It's a medium island.
0: It's a, it's a pretty small island. Um, it's
1: like countries go.
0: Um, but And I also love that any Brit, you like – or at least the ones that we hang out with, we'd go to like our friend's family home out in the country and they'd drop their stuff and then like go for a walk. Like anywhere or like with our Brit friends and we traveled with them in Iceland and like we'd get to a new place and they like go for a walk. It's like the thing you just like put on your shoes. Well, we're here, let's go go walk. Yeah, and I think in America, at least my friends aren't usually like, oh, well, that's an activity unto itself and it's gonna be my immediate go-to anytime I go somewhere to just like go for a walk and I love that
1: like we're here let's crack a beer and sit outside
0: yeah exactly don't get me wrong but i also well speaking of beer i think that's something that i wouldn't take from british i think that um the culture i experienced there at least was very drinking heavy sure perhaps overly so what perhaps um okay so what's a purchase that you've made that you think has helped you most to become healthier or happier
1: hmm like I'm, I'm looking around my apartment to, uh, can I pick the water filter because I bought sure. it? Sure. Water filter. Um, we have a what a, the the Inveron ten stage wave thing. I don't. Yeah. I don't can what it's I called.
0: just uh, interject? Yeah. What can you can you tell the listeners why you bought it?
1: Why I bought this specific one or why yeah, I it's bought? Yeah,
0: because I was like, buy the water filter.
1: You want credit for us having one? Yes.
0: I yelled at you to order it. Recently. Or you're not. You're talking about originally in the very first place. Uh huh. Oh, did you pick this one out? Uh huh. Really?
1: Yeah. And then you vetted it. Oh. Yeah.
0: So it passed my test. Yeah. Um. Why did you pick it?
1: Um. The main reason is because it attaches to a sink and sits on a counter, and it's not one of those things where you have to consistently wonder if the pitcher or the cistern or whatever has been filled up. It's like on-demand filtered water, and I think for me, that is one hundred percent. Otherwise, it it just you have this like gross plastic container that's just being refilled over and over again. And it's never filled when you want it to be, and it's a whole thing.
0: Have you noticed that all of your healthier stuff is like things that can naturally, organically fit into my life?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm noticing it now, having yeah. having having basically that's uh, like all your stuff though. been given the third degree. It's <laughs> a <laughs> so very
0: pleasant uh, conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, what's one big mistake you've made in your life and what something you got really right?
1: Um, I would say one of the bigger mistakes I've made was, uh, settling for, for jobs and job opportunities that weren't, um, kind of optimal cause I was desperate and it wasn't, I don't think it's like, like, it's one thing to like work cause you have to, you know, like put food in the table and everything else like that. And that this was not one of those cases. It's more just like the, the uh shortcoming had more to do with uh just not doing enough kind of personal introspection. So I think that was one of those things that, that, uh yeah, I've, I've changed careers a few times. So it's like soul searching regarding all of that.
0: Is there something that you think you could have told yourself at 20, you know, earlier in your life that would have made a difference?
1: Yeah. You're just 20 blank earlier in your life. Like, you have time to figure it out, you should take the time to figure it out.
0: You don't think that time though needed to be spent kind of trying and trying and trying?
1: Oh, I think trying and trying and trying is absolutely the way to go. But um, if I want to grow up to be a carpenter, I shouldn't be like trying out, um, you know, running a subway train or something like that. Do you think
0: you always knew what you wanted to grow up to be though? I I think I thought trying was the process of finding.
1: I think trying is the process of finding. Um, but there is always a balance between when you know that you're not doing the thing and Mm -hmm. when it's maybe a little inconvenient to, to, to move from it versus like waiting until, you know, you're desperate or like really unhappy. You actually need to like get the, get the heck out of Dodge. You've done a
0: lot. I'm going to let you say your good thing too, because I assume it'll be me. I definitely want to hear about that. Um, but you've done a lot of like what some people might consider steps backwards to get to what I would consider a fairly successful place now like
1: going back to school and things like yeah. that yeah sure.
0: do you think all of that was worth it do you are you do it's, it's you feel a, successful now
1: um, i would say that by most metrics i'm relatively successful for my age and 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 what have you i'm feeling I'm successful enough Um, I always think that like the, anytime you say go back to school, especially in this country where like student loan debt and everything is such a thing, it's, I I always find it such a hot button issue conceptually. Um, I, have gone to grad school and I have people, um, calling me about they're they're, like go on LinkedIn and like find out what school I went to and then get in or not in that order. And (laughs) they'll have gotten into a program and they're like, Oh, like, should I go? And I'm like, well, it costs money. Everything like, like most, most graduate programs cost money. Like, Having to like you have to really ask yourself if you think you're going to get like I I say like I took out like some loans for this and, you know, I'll I'll pay them back someday um, or fully pay them back someday. Um, But in the meantime, right, like you notice it and you have to make sure that that's something that is going to work for you. And it worked for me, but like different strokes type of thing.
0: But I also think people are really like in terms of finding the thing that they're really excited about doing, they're really nervous about going backwards cuz they're like oh i've already established myself sure. in this career i already feel like i'm making this much money and like you've definitely like there've been you're you're doing well now but like there've been years where you definitely could have made more money if you'd stayed in a traditional career path sure for sure for sure
1: i mean then you have to ask yourself is making more money the goal um but i i, I read i think one article fairly recently about one of the things that a bunch of like really successful ceos had in common was, uh, diversity and background. Um, and that's not to say that we're all looking to be CEOs and it's not to say that being a CEO is a great thing and I'm not one. Um, but I He's a CTO. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I, I do think something, there's something very strong to be said in diversity background, which I know goes directly against my whole, uh, weak carpenter subway train conductor because of the the idea
0: though that like a backward step is actually just adding to your overall portfolio yes
1: yes that was exactly the long winding end of the trail um but yeah no i think i think i think you're always getting getting diversity and experience and 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 even if that means maybe taking a drop in in your career situation is always i think going to make you a more diverse and potentially better person will it
0: Make you more successful. Make you more successful.
1: Would it, will it increase your paycheck? Uh do depends. Totally depends. I'm always on
0: having to like remind myself of that because I feel like whenever I do something, I'm like, what is this going to result in this year later, this year later, this year later? And honestly, even when I plan all of that and it like all fits perfectly the thing will result in a completely different thing. And I just like, you, you, you can't see the future. And Absolutely. I tell myself that with my anxiety all the time because anxiety is trying to see the future in a very negative way. Hmm. But I think you have to tell yourself that with positive stuff as well. Oh yeah, 100%. What's, some, what's a good decision you made?
1: Other than choosing to go out of the bar randomly when the night you were there? Yeah. Um,
0: That's the best decision you ever made though, right?
1: Yes. Let's go with that. Um I was going to actually say uh getting a pet. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, we have a we have a, a cuddly cat. Um but it's one of those things that um like simple choice, low upkeep, like amazing quality of life uh addition especially when you're like a like young working professional and and especially when it's an animal that is relatively happy in whatever you know environment you a can... A cat
0: is chiller than a dog, too, I think. Yeah, I mean... When, I, when, I'm a pet person. I'm not... I, I hate when people are like, you cat person, you dog person. I'm like, I'm just like a, a fluffy... I'm
1: a, I'm a living things yeah. person, especially when those things are covered in fluff.
0: Yeah, fluffy things. Like, sure. I'm not a turtle person. No offense to turtle people. But um, a, a dog is definitely like more work.
1: When I see somebody with like a big, like Siberian Husky in New York, I'm like, wow. That's your life. I really want to see... Like the four-story warehouse yeah. that you you keep that thing in, but yeah, yeah. but um
0: yeah, we have a tiny apartment, yeah, and but our cats like mean medium happy in it, yeah, high ceilings, yeah, which build up, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. Is I do you know Dr. Vincent Pedre? Uh, I do not. So he's a really famous gut health doctor, um, and he said recently. That he thinks that getting a pet is like one of the most underlooked things for health, and he'll see patients all the time who will be able to go off hypertensive hypertension medication because they'll get pets and their stress levels will just decline Mm. so much.
1: So is is it the idea that having an and like a fluffy, wonderful animal in your life, like just it
0: decreases it it decreases stress hormones in um in like a noticeable, measurable way. Fascinating. Mm. Um, and he. He said, I think I don't want to misquote him, but I like I was wondering if my al I have mild cat allergy. And I was like, is the inflammation caused by my mild cat allergy bad for me? Am I doing this terrible thing? And he was like, probably the lack of inflammation, like the way you're getting rid of your inflammation by having these decrease in stress hormones balances that out, if not helps it. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. It's it's all very hard to say. Yeah. But um but yeah, I do. I do think that it's an underlooked thing that gives you like a huge positive health benefit. Sure, for sure. Cool. Well, that's that's about all I have for you today. Great. Was that hard?
1: It was. It was very difficult. I've had to think more than I than I ever do. It was very tricky.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining me.
1: No, it was. It was, it was just a blast. And and yeah, I'm excited to have to hear myself talk later when I'm listening to this podcast. Oh, I
0: won't make you listen. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm going to. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Bye.
2: I have a product that is going to change your life. I've recommended this to so many people and they are all floored. It's basically a perfect dupe for the Viral Laneige lip mask, but a million times better and with ingredients that are clinically proven to help dry lips and actually good for you, which is important because you're essentially eating anything that goes on your lips. It is the Osmia Lip Repair Overnight Mask, and it feels like heaven, and you're going to want one for yourself and also to stock up and give them as gifts because they are the best present. They help my dry lips when nothing else works, and I will never be without mine now. And while you're on the Osmia site, you are going to want to stock up on the bar soaps. This is the original product that Dr. Sarah Villafranco, the founder, created, and they have converted me to bar soaps after years of not being able to take the plunge. They're cured longer, so they last way longer than any other bar soap I have ever found, which is amazing for travel. I have been traveling so much recently, and I've had literally the same bar of soap. And they smell amazing, and they do not dry out your skin. Go with the scent that speaks to your soul, but Coffee Mint is my personal favorite. Finally, if you remember Sarah's pod episode, she has a whole line of products that help with skin conditions like perioral dermatitis, which is when you get red and broken out around your mouth, eczema, and acne, even when nothing else works. She's famous for this. So start with the Black Clay Facial Soap and the Purely Simple Face Cream if you were like, oh yes, that is me. If you'd like to try any Osmia skincare products for yourself, they have so generously created a code for the Liz Moody podcast listeners. Code Liz Moody is good for 20% off your first order with Osmia at osmiaskincare.com. Once again, code Liz Moody is good for 20% off your first order with Osmia at osmiaskincare.com.